chapter, really the two verses, um, verse number 45, where Jesus says, you know, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust, okay? And then he goes on in verse 48, he says, therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. That word perfect, as we've learned already, just to review a moment, it means something that's complete, something that's, that's well-rounded, or we could even say something that's well-furnished. Um, I've heard it uh, used, um, and it, there's different study tools, like if you really want to get an understanding of the Greek language, there are study tools where they will show you different ways that the word would have been used in, um, uh, you know, everyday conversations among Greek-speaking people. And one usage of this word perfect would have been a shipping or a, or a maritime uh, word if a cargo ship was completely filled with no vacant spaces for anything or anybody else, it would have been called perfect. In other words, it was completely filled with, with nothing uh, uh, open or missing, or, you know, no room for anything else. And so when he says that you'll be like your father, you'll be sons of your father, and then, the, then he goes on to say you'll be perfect like your father in heaven is perfect. Remember, the context of all of this are, are the different commands and instructions that Jesus is giving us about extreme mercy, about loving people who are hard to love, showing mercy to, to people who have wronged us in some way, and to initiate love to people who may not, you know, even recognize you or, or you may not know them but the idea that's what he's communicating when he says that if you only speak to people only greet people who greet you you know we kind of you know driving down the road stick our finger up at somebody or whatever you know when they're talking about greeting their their greetings like for instance shalom um th- this was more than just a a you know a, a howdy when they would greet people, and, and specifically greet people with shalom, they were literally saying, brother, may there be nothing missing, may there be nothing lacking, may there be nothing broken in your life. In, in other words, the, the greeting was not just uh, a nod in the elevator, but it, it was speaking words of blessing. It, it, was, it, was, it was speaking words of faith. It was, it was imparting to another person what would have resided in you. In other words, when he, when he says if you only greet people who greet you, I don't think we're taking this out of context to say if you only bless people who bless you, if you only do good to people who do good to you, or if you're only nice to people who have the capacity to turn around and do something nice for you in the future. 
He says, what reward have you? What do you do more than the tax collectors? Or what do you do more than other people? So clearly what he's saying here, and I think sometimes we get caught up in the turning the other cheek part and if they take your sweater, give them your coat part and blessing those who curse you part. But, and, and that's there. I'm not trying to minimize any of that. But, but what, he's, what he's encouraging us to do is back to this word that keeps popping up in, into my heart and my spirit is to, is to, take, the, to, to take the initiative you know, where you, know, you actually, we could say it this way, go out of your way to do something for somebody else, to be nice to, some, to somebody else, to, to have some word of encouragement, some um, word of blessing. Um, you know, when's the last time you've seen somebody struggling and you, you hey, you know, could I pray for you? you know, th- this would all fall into this if you only pray for people who pray for you, if you're only good to people who are good to you, if you only bless people who bless you. He's talking about getting out, outside of that, what we call comfort zone of love, and expanding and increasing and growing in these things. Let me, I'm going to just ask you a question. You don't have to answer it. I, I, I'd rather you answer it before the Lord than before me. But have you been practicing uh, mercy? Have you been, have you been, you, you realize that mercy is something you can practice and get better and better at. You, you can get good at it. Amen. Uh, it, it's going to require some deliberate, intentional effort on your part. Um, I don't know if you saw all that that was happening on um, 459 the other day, but I, I got caught in that, and um, I, uh, I spent uh, almost an hour, and, um, and you know how it is, everybody coming up the emergency lane and then getting over in front of everybody and breaking line and getting off on the... Uh, exit ramp so they can scoot around and get five cars ahead of everybody and I could just feel myself getting irritated you know I'm already kind of like ready to get on with it you know what I'm saying and um, and man I just thought you know what I'm fixing to practice mercy man I was just letting folks over and letting fo- you know there was this one lady bless her heart I guess she had to go get the kids from school I don't know what she was doing but the guy beside me he rolls down his window, and, and he called her a donkey, but that's not what he called her. And, um, and uh, so then he's, like, wanting over, you know, after he's done, like, hollering that cuss words to this woman. You know, I'm like, hey, buddy, I rolled my window. Come on over, man, get in front of me. You know what I'm saying? See, I'm practicing mercy. Are you with me? Now, I'm not going to call these brothers out, but there's a couple of brothers that, that, that have come to church here very faithfully for a long time. But they haven't been here in about six weeks. And, and that particular morning, I, I'm not trying to sound all super spiritual. I just woke up with those two brothers on my mind and my heart. And so I prayed for them that morning. Well, all of a sudden, I'm in line. Somebody's blowing the horn at me. And I'm like, who is blowing the horn at me? And there they are in the car beside me, rolling down the window. I rolled down my window. I said, I prayed for both of y'all this morning. I was first thing came out of my mouth. I'm like, well, I'm blowing. I, you know, again, see, mercy practicing you know the first person i let over it was it was hard i'll be honest with you it was hard the second per man after about the fourth or fifth one i'm starting to enjoy myself you know what i'm saying i'm you know i'm just come on in here praise god i don't know who's in the wreck up ahead of me but i'm praying for them i'm you know so 
I'm, I'm not trying to say that to pat myself on the back. I'm just trying to say that don't let this just be another sermon series on Wednesday night. Let's practice these things. Let's, let's take the initiative. Let's look for, actively seek out people that we can show mercy to, people that we can be kind to, people that, that we can um, develop um, our, our love, this thing called perfected love. Let me, let me tell you what I'm learning in my life about this. Okay? You will never reach the status of perfected love doing nothing. This is something that requires deliberate, intentional effort on, on your part, on my part. If you just go with the flow, um, then you'll be honking your horn uh, and, and, and getting blowed up and angry just like everybody else, you know, after a, after a you know, certain period of time in those kinds of situations. It's, it's what the Bible says in Romans 12, you know, that if, if, you know, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you do nothing, the world around you will, will gradually form you and shape you and mold you into thinking like they think, which in turn means you'll, you'll talk like they talk, feel like they feel, and act like they act. But we can go against that grain. And remember, the Holy Spirit's inside of us as born-again believers. He's pouring out the love of God inside of us. But remember, what's in your spirit has to pass through your soul if it's ever going to make it out of you into the world around you. And your soul happens to be that part of you that thinks and feels and makes choices. So you've got the Holy Spirit pouring the love of God out inside of you. That's why Jesus could command us in John 13, 34 to love people like he had loved them. It's because the same love that he loved them with is now in you. It's in you. But again, we have to practice letting that love flow through us. It's one thing for that love to be in you. It's another thing for it to flow out of you. Remember Jesus said when the Holy Spirit came to reside inside of you that it, he would be like fountains of living water springing up inside of you. So I think when we take that passage and combine it with Romans 5 passage that the Holy Spirit's in you pouring out the love of God, then we see that the love of God is in you, and he said it's like a fountain springing up. In other words, when you go to the, to the faucet, you, you turn that faucet on and the water runs out. So I wish I had a drawing of this for you to see it more accurately, but if you think of your born-again spirit, the Holy Spirit's in there pouring out the love of God inside of you, but your soul is like the faucet. It's like the valve. In other words, you can turn your heart, you can turn your mind. You can, I'm not being nice to them. I'll show them. I'm, you sit there and be thinking about how you're going to get even with them. With the love of God inside of you, wanting to flow out of you into this situation and, trans, and change these people. Change you. Change the situation for God's glory all around you. So when we talk about practicing these things, we talk about deliberate, intentional actions and effort. This, this doesn't come natural to your flesh. See, our flesh is easily offended. Our flesh wants revenge. Our flesh wants to give people a piece of our mind. Our flesh wants to show them what for. Our flesh wants to stay so close to the bumper in front of us that you couldn't put a sheet of paper in here, much less a, a Prius. You know what I'm saying? See, that's, that's what your flesh wants. Who do these people think they are? Who raised these people? They know better than that. You know, 
but see, again, that's your flesh. So set your mind on things above. How can I be a blessing in this situation? How can I spread some joy in this situation? How can I just smile in it, folks, right? I mean, you're sitting, you're sitting side by side with somebody for 10 minutes where you move. Just look over at them and smile at them because they're sitting there, you know. Amen. See, this, this is who we are. And, and, and this, this may not sound like that big of a deal, but listen to me. Our world today is literally thirsting to death for this kind of, of, of fresh air and this kind of love and this kind of attitude towards people. I'm not, listen, I don't even, I didn't come up here to tell you all this. So I'm in a hurry. I'm at the grocery store. And trying to get home, it's been a long day. And the lady in front of me, she's having all kinds of issues. Bless her heart, you know. And um, and she's getting irritated, and the people behind me are getting irritated. And I mean, it's like. And and so what? It, I, I I finally figured. I'm like, see again. I'm sitting here thinking about me, myself. I'm ready to get home. All sort of stuff, you know. And, and I'm starting to kind of get frustrated with her as well, you know. And then I realize, hold on a second. This, this, how can I help here? Right? And so I'm not, I don't even know how much money it was. I'm not bragging. I'm, but I'm just trying to show you an example, okay? So after she put the third card in the reader that was declined, she was going through her purse for another one. And I had mine in my hand. I'm ready to pay for my hot dog buns and get out of there. You know what I'm saying? And I just reached over, I said, ma'am, I think this one will work. Slid mine in the machine, right? Right? So now notice, everybody behind me that's ready to choke her, all of a sudden it just let all, all the tension drain. Right? Right? See, again, simple practicing. I'm practicing. Matter of fact, the Lord reminded me, years ago it was Christmas time, and somebody in front of me was having that same trouble, and, and they would say, well, take the ham off and see if she had enough. And, I, and after I left, man, the Holy Spirit was like, why didn't you buy that lady's groceries? And I'm like, Lord, I, I should. You know, I'm like, oh, I wish I could go back and do it, right? So now I'm like, I'm, I'm like, okay, here's my chance. Here's my chance, right? Amen. Amen. And, of course, she's like, oh, thank you, sir. You, you know, you're so nice. I said, man, Lord bless you. That's the Lord blessing you. That's not me. It's the Lord blessing you. you see, but again... Practicing, practicing, looking for opportunities to be generous. Man, love is generous. You understand that, right? Love is generous. So looking for ways to be generous. Now, I'm, I got several things and we're almost out of time, but let me, let me just try here for a moment. There is a connection. Man, last week, I appreciate you guys being, being patient with me last week. I was like, I feel like I had put handprints in this pulpit up here. I mean, I was like hanging on, you know what I'm saying? I was like, but I was determined I wasn't missing another, another service. So, but I feel much, much better um, uh, tonight. Um, we see in the scripture this very, very powerful connection between faith and love. Now, hope is in the mix, too, but let's just set that aside for a moment, okay? 
a very powerful connection between faith and love. And when we talk about faith, I feel like we need to clarify because when a lot of people use the word faith, especially from a pulpit, they're talking about something generic. Um, you know, I shared my faith with somebody, which what, what they really mean by that is they told somebody about the good news of Jesus, okay? And the fact that they believe the good news of Jesus, they call that sharing their faith. When, when we talk in a, about faith flourishing in a merciful heart, we're talking about faith as an, as an instrument Faith as a tool. Um, Jesus used his faith like a tool to do all kinds of things, to feed hungry people, to cast out demons, to stop, uh, you know, uh, destructive weather patterns, to bring healing, um, you know, to people. All, of, all that you see him doing, he's doing on earth as a man in right standing with God, full of the Holy Spirit by faith. He set an example for us. Okay, So when we talk about our faith flourishing, we're not just talking about um, doctrinal positions that we believe. We're not just talking about like, you know, tenets of faith. Um, when we talk about faith, we're talking about a, a substance that God has put inside of us that will move mountains. Okay? If, if you believe and do not doubt in your heart, you will say to yonder mountain, be cast into the sea, and it will obey you. Okay? So, whatsoever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you've already received them and you will have them. So, we're, we're talking about faith's ability to produce results in our lives. Okay? So, I, I want to I clarify that. Because when we say faith will flourish in, in, a, in a merciful heart, we're not just talking about our belief in some religious system, but we're, we're talking about moving mountains and, and receiving. Uh, remember, faith receives everything grace has provided. So God has, has blessed you. God has given to you all things that pertain to God to life and godliness. We could go on and on with that. I don't want to go too far down that road. So everything that you will ever need and then some has already been given to you by God. That's His grace. We, we receive that into our life reality by faith. So faith receives what grace has already given, what grace has already done for us. So when we talk about faith, that's what we mean. And we talk about faith flourishing, we're talking about using the faith that we've been given to receive into our life reality from the realm of the Spirit all of these wonderful gifts and benefits and advantages, authority, all of that. Because um, remember, nothing in this book that applies to you personally happens automatically. It's received into our lives by faith. Okay, So faith is extremely, extremely important. Are you hearing me this evening? Faith is extremely, extremely important. That's why God gave to every person the measure of faith. When He gave you the measure of faith, He gave you the ability to overcome any obstacle in this world. It's the victory that overcomes the world. Okay, So it becomes a matter then of learning how to operate by faith. That's why the Bible says that, that we walk by faith, not by sight. The just live by faith. See, a lot of people have this idea about faith that 
okay, we've got some problem. Now we're trying to scrape together faith to overcome the problem. You know, it's like you got, you know, you're trying to find a tip for the pizza delivery guy and you're looking for quarters in the sofa or something, you know. No, no, see, that, that, that's, that, faith, again, like love is something that we practice. It's something that, that we, you know, when we have a situation in our lives, we don't look at prayer as the last resort, but we look at prayer as plan A when there is no plan B, right? So, but again, he didn't say hope and pray. He said believe and pray. So faith is so critical in all this. Now, what we've identified, of course, is that folks have been given by God the measure of faith, but, but why, um, why, is, uh, why are some people's faith not producing results in their lives like it should? That's, that was last week when I was kind of scratching out and coughing out that message, right? Is, you know, we, we talked about troubleshooting. And afterwards, I was kind of thinking about that. I said, man, I just kind of threw it out there and never really explained what we meant by that. But, but the idea of troubleshooting it is, is like, okay, my faith should be producing this result in my life, but it's not. Why? That, again, there's, that's not, we're not condemning ourselves. We're not kicking ourselves. We're just, we're before the Lord, it's like, Lord, okay, your word says I should be experiencing this, but I'm not. Why am I not? Okay? And then, and then letting him show us these things. And so we can certainly grow and develop in faith, but what the Lord put us on middle of last year is that faith, like a light bulb, it's, it, it's connected to the heart, and it, and it works from the heart like a light bulb is connected to a, a fixture, a lamp, and it works from the lamp. And that the problem may not necessarily be with the faith, but it may be with the heart that that faith is plugged into and is working from. And man, that to me, listen, I, I, I don't know when, but there's going to be a book about that one day because that's one of the great revelations I think that the Lord, when it comes to faith, that's one of the, I mean, I'm, that's really, really, really helped me personally and I pray that it's, that it's really helped you. Um, and, and so we come then to this crucial connection between faith and love. And of course the verse is Galatians 5 and 6 that says, faith worketh by love. Faith worketh by love. And as I told you last week, that word worketh, and I know this, I know this part is review, but let's, I just want to make sure because, I, again, I, sometimes, you know, I'm like, Lord, I'd, I'd rather talk about this and go here, and I've got some verses out of Titus and some different things, but I just really feel like, I, amen, just stay with me, praise God. So worketh then, it means that which fuels or energizes. Now, maybe too many references about traffic and cars, but you do realize that most people think they're a good driver. I mean, when's the last time you ever heard somebody say, man, I'm a lousy driver? When we were in Texas at the minister's conference, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever driven in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I did it years ago without GPS, and I don't know how I did it other than the Holy Spirit helping me. Yeah, you, yeah, and they're always working on it, right? I mean, it's always working on it. And they've got lanes and these things called turnabouts, and there'll be places where you get off the interstate and you're actually facing somebody that got off 
of a service road of an interstate and you're facing each other at the intersection. And I looked at Pam, I said, baby, people in Alabama, they, this wouldn't work in Alabama. It's just too complicated for Alabama drivers. You know, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm just trying to figure it out, you know, myself. But again, you know, I don't think it's a stretch necessarily to say everybody thinks they're a good driver, but we all know if you've driven on the roads here that not everybody is. Okay, what's that got to do with what we're talking about tonight? I think most people think that they're at least above average when it comes to loving other folks. In other words, I think kind of like grading our own driving that we tend to maybe give ourselves more credit for being perfected in love than we actually are. And so this is, again, when Jesus says, if you only love people who love you. See, you can love people who love you and think you're the greatest lover of mankind that ever existed, right? It's kind of like me on a computer. If you watch me on a computer do what I normally do on a computer, you'll think I'm a computer genius. Man, you get me over in Excel, I'm calling my son-in-law. Jake, hi, what what is these, all these squares, what is it? I don't know anything about that, in other words, right? So when we just kind of love people who love us and we got our, you know, us four no more kind of little circle of love going, it's very easy for us to think that we're like, you know, operating at a master's level, doctorate, PhD level of, of loving other people when really and truly there's all kinds of gaping holes, inconsistencies, things that are lacking in our love. Remember, perfected love, perfect love, is that which is well-rounded, complete, and full. All right, let me say these last things and I'll pray, okay? I'm out of time. Um, So the question is, what if the problem is not with our faith engine, but with the love that energizes and fuels it? Because when it says faith works by love, he's literally saying that love is what energizes our faith. Love is to your faith what fuel is to an automobile. So what if the problem is not with our faith engine, but with the love that energizes and fuels it? Your faith will never be, I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me this right here to, to, to give, to, first of all, for myself personally, but then to give to you, okay? Your faith will never be more productive than the love that energizes it. See, we want, we want, our, we want our faith to work for us. We want our faith to produce results in, in, in our lives and in our families and in our church and in our community. And we want to be these mighty men and women of faith. But again, if the faith that we have is energized by love, how can our faith ever be more productive than the love that energizes it? Weak and incomplete love will cause your faith to sputter. Inconsistent love will cause your faith to hit and miss. Well-rounded and fully developed love, consistently expressed, will cause the engine of your faith to run smoothly, hitting on all cylinders. Amen. All right, stand with me tonight. Praise God. I want to go back to to this one right here because I'll be the first to tell you that that you understand hit and miss. (laughs) It's It's like sometimes you get it right and sometimes, you know, swing and a miss, right? And see, the, the world will tell you, well, you win some and you lose some, but that's not Bible. Bible says that, that 
we're more than conquerors, that, that he always causes us to triumph. So if we're operating by faith, we should be winning every time. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. But I don't know about you, I'll just speak for myself. You know, there are times when I look at, you know, like, you know, faith hitting and missing. You know, like sometimes, I mean, just great victories in faith. I mean, believe in God. And, and um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, if, if, if you knew how, how I felt Saturday night at midnight and how the Lord touched me and healed my body Sunday afternoon, um, I said this, I think, I don't know if this group or the Sunday morning group, but it, w- it was during Donald's sermon when he was talking about them net fishing, where they, were, where they were bringing in souls to the kingdom by the thousands. That was when the healing manifested in my body at that moment, okay? So again, that's, are you hearing me? I mean, that's, that's, that's God's hand touching me, healing my body, faith. Faith receives what grace is by stripes. I was healed and faith received that. So, and I'm thankful for the times where my faith is hitting on all cylinders. But let's go back to, you know, hit and miss. Obviously, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just being honest with you, okay? So, could the inconsistencies in our love walk be creating the inconsistencies in our faith walk? Weak and incomplete faith will cause, weak and incomplete love will cause your faith to sputter. Inconsistent love will cause your faith to hit and miss. Well-rounded and fully developed love, consistently expressed, will cause the engine of your faith to run smoothly, hitting on all cylinders. Father, thank you for this time together this evening. Thank you for these beautiful men and women. Lord, for all those folks joining us online, Father, our, our online attendance is growing, and we're thankful for that. Lord, people that watch us live, and then, then many more folks that, that watch us later. And, and Lord, we're even blessed by folks that are parts of other fellowships and worship other places but still uh, stay up to date with us so to speak here and what you're saying to us at this family of faith Lord and so we just rejoice together that your word's going forth and it's making a difference in our lives and Father I thank you that you're going to show us each and every one of us specific situations where we can practice love and mercy and, and getting outside of our comfort zone of love and growing and developing and becoming more fully developed in our love walk, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for being here this evening. You have a great rest of your day. Remember communion Sunday morning, uh, first Sunday in February, this Sunday morning, so we have a great time together, 1030. Um, you be blessed, amen.